Welcome to the Back in the Gap podcast. I'm your host, Joey, joined today by my co-host, Josh and Ware. And today we're talking about the call to ministry, understanding that call. It's a scary, it's a scary thing, I think. And uh, it's something that we should not take lightly. It is a very important thing to understand because if you do feel some sort of call to ministry and you ignore it, that's very bad. Mm-hmm. And if you say, well, I am called to ministry, and you're not, that's very bad. Um, so we're going to kind of explore that in today's episode and uh, everything involving that um, for our own personal uh, walks with Christ and how we have seen ministry and what our relationship to it looks like. We're going into it. We're jumping into it. Okay. I didn't know if Josh wanted to say, okay. I'm good. Um, yeah, you know, the thing about about this topic of ministry is I think we should, I don't know the right word or phrasing to it, I guess talk, talk about that everyone in a certain way is called to ministry. Yeah. You know, but it looks di- different for everyone because some people are called to do it full full time. But regardless, you know, we're all, you know, are called to ministry in terms of, you know, discipling others and, and leading people to, to Christ and everything. And so I just want to get that out, out of the way to kind of clear up that that com, that confusion because some people want to say um, some excuse of saying, well, I don't have to minister to them is because I'm not, you know, a, a minister. It's like we, we really are just, but some are full, full, full-time and some aren't. Yeah. The Great Commission applies to all Christians, mm-hmm. right? And the Great Commission is not go invite someone to church. That's not what the Great Commission is. It's go make disciples. That is a lengthy process. That is not a one-time conversation. That is continually pouring and investing into people, baptizing them, teaching them to obey all of you, I've, all I have commanded you. That That is something that applies to all Christians. And just like you said, there's, there's no excuse of, well, I'm not a minister, so I don't have to do that. Yeah. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, kind of to start with. So Josh, how have you understood um, maybe a call to ministry in your life? Okay, so I, th- I feel like I first recognized the call to ministry in my life was probably at a, at a church camp in, in 2019. You know, I, they uh, it's something that had been on my mind for a little while now just because of how involved in the, the church that I was. And they, on one of the last nights that they um, that they did worship at the camp, they, they, they said they made time where specifically if you felt called to ministry, you could go in the back and talk to her. Kind of, kind of like a, what a, a similar thing that you were talking about earlier. I think I probably talked to the same person, our discipleship pastor. He gave me the same run-through, the same same speech, talking about how if you don't think that— if you feel like you could do anything else and be happy, then you're probably not called to ministry. But that's something that's not something that I could have answered right away because I, I didn't know. It, it wasn't clear yep. to me at that moment. Yeah, I'm 100% sure that I could— only do ministry and feel like I'm serving the Lord to my fullest potential. So for a long time, it, it required testing of it. It required, you know, dipping my toe into the areas of ministry, dipping, trying to get involved in specific areas, seeing where, um, seeing where, see it where, where it worked the most. And the first area that I, I tried, that I went into that was in uh, connect groups or Sunday school or whatever you want to call it. Um, I teach the, and to this day, I still teach the middle school connect groups at our class. And at first it was kind of, um, 
it, it was one of the worst feelings that I ever had, standing in front of people, um, getting up in front of even like a, a handful of kids and talking to them. It was one of the worst feelings I ever had. But staying consistent in it and truly testing it to see if this is something that I would feel comfortable, or not even feel comfortable, but feel like I was serving God to my full potential in doing. And man, after, I don't know how many at least a couple years, at least a year and a half of doing it, there's nothing else in this world that matters more to me than making sure that those group of kids have the the things that they need in order to be the people that they can be for God. And that's a type of love that you get, it's a type of love that you get that you can't find in any other thing other than what God has called you to. And it's it's so weird because I'm not at all a person who um, who likes to get up in front of people. My natural reaction, my natural disposition is to be like in the back corner and just be fed constantly but that's not the life I'm called to I don't think that's the life that anybody's called to to be honest but I don't know it's just such a weird thing and I've 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 dived into scripture a lot because I've been trying to understand why somebody like me somebody who is just terrible at doing this in the first place would be called and I'll have to see if I can find it I think it's in first Timothy yeah, this is First uh, Timothy chapter 1. It's saying, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So, I had to kind of come to this realization that, it doesn't at all matter. In fact, it, it probably is the reason that people like me are called because it shows God's glory even more th- through the fact that somebody like me who does not speak very clearly, somebody than me who is not comfortable getting up in front of people is someone who is called to teach. And if you're like that, if you're, if you're doubting, if you feel this tug on your heart, if you feel like you're not even anywhere near eligible for this, pursue it. Get get involved in it, ask a leader about it, because that's, that's what I had to do. But it's it's something that no one is ever going to be fully comfortable with, I don't believe. Even the people who have been doing it for years still have a bit of fright going up there and, and, and talking about it. But for me, I think the part that, that solidified it the most was coming to that realization that the reason that I'm chosen is because it exemplifies God the most, because there's no other way on this earth that somebody like me would be able to lead others. So, Yeah, I like what you what you said of you felt that calling and you, and what you did was you said, well, is this like a, you know, is this like something that's true? You know, let's seek this out. Let's, you know, talk and let let me get involved in, in something. And I feel like sometimes we go off that innate feeling and said, Oh, well, this must be a true thing. Yeah. If if that makes sense. And I know for me, I'm like that where I get a feeling one day and I think, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all, all about, you know, X, Y, and Z, and then it'll be like two weeks l- later, and I'll be like, oh, where'd that go, you know? And, and yeah. so that whole feeling is gone. It was like, well, it, it was just a feeling. It wasn't like a true, you know, call or anything. And, or a, well, not well, not in terms of, well, we're talking about in, in ministry, but I'm just talking about, you know, just stuff in general. Yeah. And so when you get into, min- into ministry, it's like you have to be very careful not to just have a feeling one day and, and think, well, that's just the end. I'll be all, you know, do, do what Josh said and, you want to have like a mentor to talk talk to you and get involved and really test to see 
is this just a feeling or is it like, is this a true calling? Yeah, I, I can say with abs- with complete honesty, most of the time, I do not feel called to ministry. I do not feel like I'm the one that's supposed to get up mm-hmm. and do this. I'm, I do not feel like I'm the one who's supposed to, who should be leading, you know, middle schoolers in a Bible study. I do not feel like that. I'd say probably 90% of the time, but the fact is that I, that, that I am called. The fact is I'm not supposed to live a life satisfying my feelings because then I'll get wishy-washy and just, yeah. just jump back. And just like you were saying, I'll jump back and forth between different passions and different careers in life and whatever. But my feelings are irrelevant in this. My feelings don't matter. Like, I'm sure Jesus didn't feel like getting on the cross, but he did because that's what God had called him to do. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, we see him cry out to the Father, like, if there's any other way, you know, if we can take this cup away, like, how, what, what else can we do? But if it's your will, I'm willing. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Um, I think it does have to go a lot deeper than a feeling. Um, it has to be something that you know is from God. And once you know it's from God and you want to align your will with his, your feelings are irrelevant, like you said. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But even even through that, even though even through those feelings of man, I I'm not the one who is able to do this, whenever you dive into it, whenever you give yourself to that calling, whenever you whenever you fully submit to God's authority and do the thing that you're called to do. Man, I I can say with absolute certainty, there has never been a greater joy in my life than in the fact that I'm able to invest in other people's lives, especially in younger people's lives, because then I'm investing in the future as well. There's never been a greater joy in my life than in the fact that, number one, I'm saved by Christ, and number two, I get to share that through, you know, connect groups from Sunday school or the fact that our student pastor allows me to get up on like a Wednesday or Sunday night and teach every once in a while. There's not a greater joy in my life than when I submit to that. I have to get through a lot of feelings of, man, I'm not the one that's cut out for this, but it's such an immense feeling of joy and satisfaction and knowing that I'm working towards something incredible and that I'm I'm allowed to work towards something incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So where for you... You know, when did you first feel a call to ministry, and how did you respond to that? Uh, I felt a call to ministry about a year ago, and it was a time in life. And um, trying to figure out how do I sum this up. Uh, basically, I lost a job, and I won't get into the de- details of it all. Um, but I lost a job, and I'm currently working now. I found a new a new job, but there was a big gap in time till I found my new job I currently have right now and I love my job that I have right now I'm certainly blessed for it and when I felt that call it just kind of came out of nowhere um our our current sorry not not current but our previous young young adult pastor he's at a different church now and one day I just went to visit him just to see how, how he's doing to catch up with them. And out of nowhere, I I had zero intention on this. I just, I don't know. It it was just, it's, it's hard to, to explain. I really feel it's just kind of like a God thing, if that makes sense. And I was like, Wes, I feel like I'm being called to ministry. And the, you know, and there were things happening where people, it was, it was weird because like people were offering me to help teach for like, for our, um, our Sunday school classes and, 
or teach for like a Wednesday night. And it was just, you know, being asked to do that. And I was like, that's just kind of weird. And there were uh, other things at that time too. But to make a long story short, when I was in that office talking to Wes, I was kind of like, well, is God calling me to do ministry? That's when I vocalized it to Wes. And Wes ran, you know, gave me great advice on what to do, how to move forward on that. And the last thing I wanted to do, and we, we, we touched on it, was just to act off of like an impulse feeling. So I started... So every minister at our church, I told them, and they gave me a rundown, gave me awesome advice. So I, I, I sought out count counsel. I think that's great advice everyone should do um, right off the bat is, 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 is read your Bible. And, and like specifically regarding that topic of, of a call to ministry, seek counsel. I watched lots of videos too on, you know, well, how do I know if I'm truly being called to, to ministry? And one thing that I really liked that I saw in this video, and it was a, a youth pa- pastor. I can't remember what, what church he's a youth pastor at. But he was saying, you know, one thing that really helped me is I'm looking at um, for for affirmation um, internally and also externally. And I thought that that was really good advice where, you know, do do, do people externally, regardless of, how, of like what I think, do do they see that within me? And do I kind of see it within myself? And one thing that Josh t- touched on that I really love what he said is he said, regardless of how I feel, I'm compassionate and I want to be up here serving and I want to do, you know, X, Y, and Z stuff for our students and, and for our, our, our youth ministry. I thought that that's a really good good point of what Josh brought, brought up is like, regardless of how I feel, I want to be up here and serve. And that's also what was a very, you know, internal affirming thing for me is that um, there's plenty of Wednesdays I'm just like, you know, I don't have that feeling of like, all right, I'm I'm just gung gung ho about being up here because I mean, you know, yeah. we 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 all feel di- differently, and there's plenty of Wednesdays where I'm like, man, I want to be up there on Wednesday, but then there's times where I'm not feel I'm I'm not feel feeling it, but I want to be up there because I love those kids. Yeah, you know, and and so that so that's kind of um, did I answer the the question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that God calls people kind of like what you were saying, almost when they least expect it, you know? Yeah. You had been involved in church um, for, you know, most of your life, uh, and, and not just wishy-washy about it. For years at that point, you had been, you know, faithful in, in participating and contributing. And and like you said, like, that just wasn't something that was on your radar, but then you felt that from God, and you sought counsel on it, and you affirmed that that was truly what God was calling you to do, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um. And so I think that for anyone listening who's like, well, I'm not that guy, don't be so sure, right? Yeah. You have to be open to what God may be calling you toward. Yeah. Um, and you had a, here's the, it's a very corny thing, but you have a great quote that you said on, on a previous podcast episode mm. that God doesn't call. God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the call. That's right. Um, and that applies to all facets, but especially ministry. I mean, Josh, you express your your feelings of maybe inadequacy toward you know oh, yeah. um, leading others, and well, what you see across Scripture, everyone's inadequate. Yeah, you know, Paul. Uh, you know, I, I reference this verse in Timothy. Paul was the one who who was writing this verse. He calls himself the chief of sinners, or the foremost is what actually what he calls it. His um, Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. And he, he says that because he was one of the first people to persecute the church. He 
killed church members. He imprisoned them. He literally stood by and watched and held the robes of people who, would, who were casting stones um, at one of the earliest church members, um, Stephen. And he 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 wanted to bring the church to destruction. So him being the person who wrote most of the New Testament should be like one of the greatest examples of like, man, he probably was the least most expected person to be the one who was leading the church in such a, a, a powerful way that he did. You know? Yeah. I mean, you look into Acts, like the disciples did not trust anything that Paul was doing. Yeah. He thought it was, they thought he was going to kill him. They thought it was mm-hmm. all a coup to, you know, kind of infiltrate in and, you know, take him out from the top. Like, but God uses those types of people. God yeah. uses us whenever we don't feel adequate yeah. because on our own, we're not. And that's the that's the essential me- message uh, that Christ brought in general, right? Yeah. But it's especially applicable to those in leadership. Um, but no, I think, you know, for myself, I, I always looked at ministry as, well, you're either not a minister or you're a full-time vocational minister. There, There is no in-between, right? And so on that front, I wrestled a lot with, well, I definitely don't feel called to full-time ministry, right? Um, something that you brought up earlier, Josh, our discipleship pastor told us all the time, if you can see yourself doing anything else and being content, well, it's not for you. Yep. And I think that's a thousand percent applicable to full-time ministry. Yeah. You should not be in full-time ministry if you can see yourself doing something else. Yeah. Because being it, happy. Because it, if you're looking at it as like, oh, well, here's the pros of this career and here's the cons and here's, I think that's the wrong approach. Yeah. If you feel like you can do something else, you're going to pursue it no matter what. If if you choose ministry and feel like you can do something else, you're going to start to pull at that other thing. And yeah. the thing that I've come to find out about a cult ministry is you it it takes a lot of sacrifices out of your life. Like mm-hmm. I've dropped out of college, which cuts off all opportunities for any big future careers. I've turned down jobs that are higher paying, you know. But <laughs> there's there's no greater joy that come in my life because this is what I'm called to. Because of a good point, you if you're worried about 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 the cons, it's probably probably not for you. Yeah, yeah. And you know, whenever I was seeking counsel from our pastor here at this church, I had, um, I want to say it was like it wasn't two hours, but it was like an hour and a half. And I talked to him about it. And I was in a room with him for like an hour and a half, and he was just going over, you know, not not trying to like. Well, he may have been trying to run to run me off, you know, just trying to test to see if I was really a call or not. You know, but he was going over all of kind of like, you know, the list of things that, hey, if you're going to be in ministry, here's kind of the things that you may have to like deal, deal, deal with. Yeah. And it's like, if you're worried about that stuff, the ministry is not for you. And I think it is important to run people off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because if there is any of those small reasons that you're like, well, this might, well, then you don't need to be in ministry. Yeah. I'd say for myself personally, I don't feel called to full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. And part of those are the reasons. I know that I would not be effective in it because I have, I can see myself doing other things, right? Yeah. Um, no, I think it is extremely important to quote unquote run people off, right? Yeah. Um, That's how you avoid false teachers. Yeah. Um, and and Timothy talk, 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 talks about that too. And, and you know, I, I think it starts. I, I I could be wrong, but I think it starts with you know where where Paul's writing. Paul's like, hey, I need you to stay put there for right now, yeah. and kind of 
you know, help build pe- pe- people because there's some false teachings go, go, going around. I just kind of, you know, stay put there and and kind of help those people grow and not pay attention to those. Oh, I said the mic and not pay attention. I, I could be wrong, but I think it's in First Timothy. I could be wrong. I, I don't want to spread false gospel here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> take, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, but I think that's in there. It could be wrong. But the takeaway... That's a great point. Where was I going with this? We're keeping all this in. No, we we were talking about. Oh, we were talking about driving away false t t t teachers. Why that's yeah. somewhat net. Um, why that's um unnecessary. And I was drawing the, the connection to possibly in, t- in Timothy, or <laughs> Paul was saying, hey, I you, you kind of need to stay put and kind of, you know, it's either the Timothys or Titus. Titus. It, it could be in Titus. Oh, I think it may have been in Titus. Well, here he, he talks about false teachers and, and contemporary. He says, Teach on earth these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and, and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He, is an, he has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels and about words with... Uh, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among the people who are depraved in mind and depraved of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Exhibit A. Yeah. But no, I mean, it is important. You have false teachers of all kinds, and, you know, like we kind of said at the beginning, if you're not called to ministry and you're trying to get in because you think that it's cool or you think that it'll get you respect or... Any of these reasons that you, you may decide to make that choice, like, you're playing a dangerous game. Yeah. Do you know how many people have, like, given me, like, the, the side eye, like, the, the kind of, like, a disappointing look at the fact that I've dropped out of college to, like, teach middle schoolers? Like, you'd be surprised. It, it's not a, that, that, that aspect of it is not at all something that has brought me, like, any respect at all. Uh. Yes, I, I I get where you're coming from, but I think there is there are a lot of people who are in the ministry game for respect, right? Yeah, that, and that's for what I'm street cred. and that's what I'm saying. You know, don't pursue it because of that, because I can assure you there are some parts of it that won't get you any respect at all. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I that, see what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, so Josh, for you, uh, as you kind of step into this calling to ministry, what are some steps you're taking right now to prepare yourself uh, and move into that role? So I'm working. Um, with our student pastor here a lot, I've been trying to, uh, uh, he's been giving me tons of opportunities and I, I get breakfast with him every now and then or coffee or whatever. But he, um, I, I try to take every single opportunity that I can in order to teach, even though I have those feelings of discomfort. Like, uh, just the other day, um, uh, he was out of town and he called me up on a Friday evening and was like, Hey, uh, you want to teach in a couple of days on a Sunday night? And my instinct reaction was to be like, no, <laughs> but um, in order, if I'm if I don't take those opportunities, I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to figure out what the what I need to work on. I'm not going to figure out what areas I need to improve in. Um, so I did. I I, I went and taught. I, I wrote up a lesson. Uh, I had you uh, set up a camera for me so I could take a video of it so I could look back over it and see where I need to to improve. I asked the adults there, like, "Hey, how did you think I did? Uh, is there anything that you would have done different?" What did you think about the small group questions that I made? And really just, if you don't do it, then you're not going to grow in it, right? Yeah. So that, that's the, t- the type of steps that I've been, I've been taking to try and prepare myself 
for whatever it is that that comes next. Yeah. Where for you, how have you been um, kind of preparing yourself and and some kind of immediate steps toward uh, going into ministry? I think really the same thing that Josh just said, you know, talking to our youth pastor and finding, you know, what can I do now? You know, what, what are things that I, that I can do? Cause you know, our, our youth pastors also given me out, meet me opportunities and chances to teach on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday night. And I, I've done that. Um, and also finding some, some little things to do because there's also other church events that, and the thing about, the thing about ministry is, is that he may be like the youth pastor, but there's many other things he's involved in yeah. in doing. And so there's been times he, he's called me up on, on, on like a Saturday morning and saying, Hey, I'm doing this, you know, can you come, um, can, can you um, help, help me out with this? And I said, yeah, sure. I'll be up there. And so it, it's really been what Josh said, taking those, 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 those opportunities to serve and kind of ingrain yourself to see kind of like the whole world of, of ministry and, and what all they um, do, you know, within youth and also outside of youth, um, um, watching podcasts too yeah. has been really helpful. Are we allowed to say po- podcast names? Sure, we can promote other podcasts. Becoming will, something is a good one. I will promote one. It's called Youth Ministry Hacks. Ooh. That is legitimately really good, and they go from there. You know, so, some episodes are like for thirty for thirty minutes, and some flight are for like an, an hour. So, so yeah. they kind of vary, but it's really good co- content, really good good advice for people that are called to to ministry. Um, and so, yeah, so that's really what I what I've been doing, doing what, what Josh said, and listening to to podcasts. You know, just trying to fill myself um, up and fill fill my cup, and and doing that, and it's it's been great. So yeah, yeah. So I I think for those who are listening, and maybe you're like me, you're not called to ministry in the same way, right? Um, I, I, I want to encourage you that that does not mean that you just need to sit down and listen to everybody else and, and you just have no place in leadership. Um, I think there are many opportunities that you can take in leadership without overstepping and without inserting yourself, right? You should still seek God and you should, still should only do what you are called to do, right? Um but just because you don't feel a call to full-time vocational ministry does not mean that God does not have a plan for you, right? Hmm. Um, you know, for myself, I've talked about before, I teach our Connect Group class, Sunday school class, um, once a month. Um, was able to start this podcast with the boys, you know. Hmm. Uh, that's a leadership opportunity. Uh, helping out in different areas where maybe you're more behind the scenes, but you're still able to serve. Yeah. Um, you know, for myself doing AV on Sunday mornings uh, or helping out in student ministry, just not in a leadership role necessarily, but more of a, okay, well, I'm going to lead a small group, but I'm not the guy in charge, right? Our, our youth minister needs us to go do something or drive some kids around or whatever. I can do that, um, but I'm not just the guy, right? Any other closing thoughts, encouragement um, for people who are feeling called to ministry or not? Uh, no, not not beside the fact that um, if you're trying to decide whether you have a, a call to ministry or not, I'd say just pursue the Lord, and you know you never you'll never find failure in that. If your heart is geared towards God and and nothing else, and your desire is to gain His approval, then you'll find success in that. Yeah, I think seek godly counsel, um, and if you are given an opportunity to lead. With reverence, take that. 
mm-hmm. see how that affects your heart. Um, because you, you're not going to know unless you get involved, right? Yeah. I think that's all we have for this episode. Um, this has been the Back in the Gap podcast. We will see you next Thursday.